The Dream of the Dead Folk from Visions by Colson Carnahan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Leeson. The Dream of the Dead Folk. A man lay listening to the cry of the wind at midnight, and as he lay, he fell asleep and dreamt that he was dying. Just as upon a map one seeks to trace a river from its source to its union with the sea, so he now strove to look back upon his own life and to see it in perspective. It had seemed to him like a space set between two far-removed marks, but now he saw that every completed human life is a circle, and though he realized that none may see whence the center of that circle is taken, he knew that the hand which holds the compasses is the hand of God. And the man saw that the arc of his life was fast rounding to a ring, and as he drew nearer to what he had thought was end, he saw that end was already merging into beginning. And then, just as the last grain in an hourglass runs out the swiftest, the remnant of his strength failed him, and he died. 2. Since the day when he took our mother Eve from the side of our father Adam, God has caused a deep sleep to fall upon the soul to whom a great change is about to come. When the man first awoke from the sleep into which he had fallen, he knew that it was night, but he knew not that it is only the souls of the unhallowed dead which awake at night, and that the spirits of those who have passed away in peace awake, greeted by angel faces, in the sunlight of God's smile, and fare forth, companioned by rejoicing dear ones, among the flowers, the fields, and the happy birds. But just as the feeble hands of a newly-born babe grope unconsciously for the warm bosom under which the little one has long lain, so the poor human soul that awakes, naked and cold from the birth-change which we call death, cries out for the touch of a familiar hand, the consolation of a familiar companionship. When a child awakes, screaming from an evil dream, no assurance of mother or nurse can dispel the illusion so quickly as a sight of the streaming morning sunshine, for then the child knows not only that the imagined monsters of the night are gone, but that they had never existed, and never could exist, except in a dream. But when the man awoke it seemed to him, so terrible was the sense of evil which hung over him, as if the awakening had come, not to dispel the spectres of sleep, but to make possible and present the impossible horrors of his most hideous dreams. Fear, abject and craven, crouched cowering at his heart, fear of himself, fear of the perpetual and imprisoning dark, and fear of the mocking shapes that the darkness hid. But most of all he feared to be alone, for henceforth he knew that he was deserted of God, that where he was, God was not. If of the living it has been said that solitude, the withdrawal of one's self from the world, is strength-giving, but that loneliness is the horror of horrors, what shall be said of the loneliness of the dead? For the living know not what loneliness is. Where life is, there God is and where God is, none is alone. But when a naked human soul drifts out on death's tide to that region of outer dark which is emptied of God, then is that soul confronted with the loneliness. 3. When the man was in the body, all things were measured and compelled by his body's needs. I must have warmth, for I am cold, he had said. I must eat, for I am hungry, must drink, for I am thirsty, must sleep, for I am tired. 
now that he was no longer in the body heat and cold hunger and thirst wakefulness and weariness could affect him never again but more cruel than the pangs and slow wasting of hunger more torturing than the searing and blistering of live flesh by fire more terrible than the throes of those who with lolling tongues dry and swollen as puffballs drop on the desert sands to die of thirst were the loneliness and the fear of loneliness which lay upon the soul of the man and in that awful moment he thought of the mother whom he had left on earth the mother to whom as a child he had fled in his every sorrow the mother to whom even as a man he had never gone for solace in vain and as he so thought lo he saw his mother before him with a cry of joy he flung himself on his knees beside her burying his head in her lap and crying piteously mother mother it is your son but no loving hand was laid upon his head no loving word was whispered in his ear and when the man looked into his mother's eyes he saw that there was no recognition in them then pressing a pleading hand upon hers again the man cried out to his mother to comfort him and again he saw that she sat impassive and unseeing and though her lips moved placidly twas but to count the stitches in the work that she held in her hand then the man thought of the wife he loved the mother of his children but when he sought her presence he saw that beside her was one who was whispering words of love in her ear and the man knew that already he was replaced in his wife's heart and though he called her by name she unhearing and unheeding turned away with laughing eyes and kissed the lips of the lover who stood by her side then the man thought of the child that he had loved better than he had loved his life and as he so thought the child lay sleeping in its cot before him and the man bent over the child calling it by every dear familiar name but the child stirred not nor even so much as smiled in its sleep then the soul of the man turned colder than the clay semblance of himself which lay mouldering in the churchyard he knew now that he was alone indeed for he knew that he was dead and that in the kingdom of outer dark the dead seek no companionship with the dead it is from the living the lords of life that the lonely dead folk crave the companionship which can never be theirs to no living ear are dead voices audible by no living eyes are dead shapes seen and though the dead may go to the living though they cannot help but go to the living they may not by so much as a word by so much as some old familiar household sign make known their presence and their needs to the happy live folk who stand in the sun else were the joy of life forever gone for could the live folk see but once the piteous spectres mendicants of a moment's companionship that throng the way as figures throng a church door the stricken shapes that crawl like dogs to their feet craving the solace of a single recognizing look the haggard hunted faces that people the dark the imploring arms outstretched on every side could the live folk see all this then were life no longer a lordly palace but a leper house but for the dead folk the live folk have no eyes for the dead folk the live folk have no ears and soon those pallid shapes a weary of waiting for the look the word the caress that never come pass out the prey of utter hopelessness into the night only again to return to the presence of the living again to urge their unavailing prayers and again to be driven forth of despair into the night four 
even so the soul of the man fled forth from the presence of the loved ones out of whose lives he had forever passed and as he fled a thousand menacing shapes sprang up to gibber ape-like at him ere they too were swallowed up of night and as they shrank from him so the man shrank from them for in the realm of outer dark the shapes that flit athwart the gloom go lonely as lepers who unclean themselves see only in others their own uncleanliness and so come to loathe and to fear each other even as they loathe and fear themselves then more poignant than the longing of a mother for her dead child more irresistible than the lust of a drunkard for drink more desperate than the soldier's last fight for dear life the cruel crushing fear of his incommunicable loneliness came over the man and ever he pressed on panic-stricken into the night and ever he was pursued as by ravening wolves by the fear that lurked at his heart and as he fled he was aware of the rising of the wind and he was aware too that just as a tempest lashes the surface of the sea into angry and contending waves so the wind as it gathered in strength was lashing into blind hate his own soul and the souls of them that peopled the outer dark he still feared and shrank from the shapes that he saw around just as they feared and shrank from him but he knew that in them as in him every gust that blew was goading fear into ungovernable and murderous fury and that soon like caged lions which chafing at imprisonment turn the one to rend the other so he and they would soon be at each other's throats then in that domain of darkness the man heard the wind's bugle call to battle and saw the rabble of the dead massing into devil-led legions that hurled themselves the one upon the other in bloody and insatiate hate and with a great cry the man awoke and knew that he had been dreaming the casement stood open and as he heard the wind sweep past like charging cavalry he thought of the contending cohorts of the damned and the man knelt by the window to breathe a prayer for the souls in outer dark then suddenly the wind dropped and from the heart of the night a mournful cry was born even as the cry of gulls far out at sea is borne inland upon the wind and again the man thought of the lonely dead folk and again he knelt in prayer End of the Dream of the Dead Folk